Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season three, episode 12 of The Vampire Diaries, which is called The Ties That Bind. Lots of big ones, lots of fun little twists, lots of fun guessing in real time for me this week. There's a lot of family connections we're seeing, which may or may not uh, become a theme as the season goes on. We'll just have to wait and see. The family ties are the ones that bind. Unless you're Bonnie's mom and then you, you're not bound to shit. Yeah. <laughs> Evidently. <laughs> the baby's vibes are off. <laughs> as always, I'll start by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. Bonnie believes her recurring dreams about Klaus's coffins will tell her how he can be killed. The dreams also lead Bonnie to a reunion with her mother, Abby, whom Bonnie hasn't seen for 15 years. At Abby's remote farmhouse, Bonnie and Elena meet Jamie, the young man Abby took in years earlier. Bonnie's sudden appearance catches Abby off guard, but she does her best to explain the past. Tyler turns to an unexpected ally in his quest to regain his free will. Damon is intrigued by Alaric's new friend, Dr. Fell, and Klaus continues bitter negotiations with Stefan over control of the coffins containing his family members. Mm-hmm. All that happens. <laughs> that checks off all the boxes. A couple new characters in the mix. Some more background on uh, Dr. Fell, who I deeply distrust. Maybe some evidence this week that I'm being a little dramatic, but who knows? But she hasn't thrown you completely off the scent yet. But still not sure. We open the episode with Bonnie walking among a cemetery. It's pretty clear immediately that this is a dream, but we entertain it regardless. Mm-hmm. She's walking past graves of former Bennetts. Emily Bennett, of course, our icon who we've met. Amelia Bennett, who we don't know. Ernestine Bennett, who we don't want to know. Just kidding. <laughs> who got really fucked over by her mom. <laughs> you know? And she sees the big coffin that they can't open and she approaches it. And then Klaus appears behind her and he says, oh, I figured out how to open it. Can you? And then he bites her and she screams. And then we hear some thudding. It's dark. Bonnie takes out her cell phone. Surprise, surprise. She's trapped in the coffin. Mm -hmm. She panics. She does a little spell. She hears footsteps. She knocks to call to them. Some woman who we don't know at this time opens the coffin. Later, we know it's Abby. And for a second, I did think she was like actually trapped in the coffin. I was thinking that might be the direction we were going this episode, which if you've seen Bones and are a Bones fan like myself, you would know you would be a little excited. I thought that too when I first watched it. There obviously seems to be some witchy connection to this coffin that you're picking up on. Yeah, there's some reason that this coffin is calling to her specifically and that it called her to her mom as well. So it's got to be a witch connection. And especially the witches being so willing to hide the coffins from Klaus. Like, yeah, they hate Klaus. But hiding a bunch of coffins from him just because there's family doesn't seem like enough motivation. Whereas like if there's really a witch connection to the main coffin, then you can see why they'd be more willing to help. So you think there's a witch in this coffin? Either a witch or some secret to some spells. Do you think there's a specific witch you want to see in this coffin? Do you want to put it on Mike, you guess? Oh, I think I guessed it last week. I think there's a possibility that the original witch body is in there. Now I know we saw them bury her. And I know she'd just be bones at this point, but we have to entertain the idea that Klaus's mom is the original witch and this coffin clearly has witchy connections. Do you think there's something that like a witch could do with the original witch's bones? Some magic in there, grind them up. Maybe you grind up the bones and uh, use it as a a poison. (laughs) 
Sure. <laughs> Why not? The phone's in the coffee grinder, feed it to Klaus, see what happens. With the shot? Yeah, I don't know exactly. I mean, I think that we're meant to believe that something in there is leading to killing Klaus, but it's got to be a witch connection. So I think it's probably, if it's not like his mom's bones, it's got to be something of their mom's or at least related to their mom. I think that's the vibe it's giving me. Okay, we'll see. I really, really said, let's grind up her bones and feed him to Klaus. That's, that's what I'm going with today. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Anything can happen on this show. So then we go over to the old witch house. Bonnie is there with Elena. And Bonnie says, you know, I've been having these dreams for days now. It's like the witches are sending me a message. No, duh, girl. That's like the only thing that witches do. Yeah, you, you're having the same dream for a week. I, I could tell you that's a message. And Elena now has heard everything about the coffins. And she's just surprised they kept this from her. Girl, it's been like two days. They didn't. She's like, you guys kept this from me for so long. They literally did two days. And really, it's crazy. It is kind of crazy they even lasted that long, to be completely honest. That's true. right here. <laughs> Bonnie says, well, you know, Stefan thought if you knew where the coffins were, Klaus could threaten people to get the info out of you. And- that's true. Elena would have snitched immediately if someone threatened Alaric or someone. Yeah, we saw how fast she gave up Rebecca. She absolutely would have given him this information. This was the right call by Stefan. Of course, ended up not really being his call to make. That's, of course, the benefit of the witches hiding the spell. I mean, obviously, he had enough information that he knew about the spell. And he was like, OK, show me the coffins. But we'll get to that. But it could make sense. Elena would be like, they told me it was here. I don't know where they are now. Yeah. Like they were here. Like, I think they lied to me because they knew I was a soft, soft target to snitch. Yeah, because they knew I was going to snitch to you immediately. And this is why Stefan needs to have more than one witch friend. The only witch he can confide in is Elena's best friend. Of course, he's going to tell Elena. Come on. And Bonnie barely likes him at this moment, too. So it's like she's going to pick Elena over you if there's even a chance. Like, sorry, King. That's on you. Of course, Stefan immediately enters because he's he really only hangs out here. And he says, hey, Bonnie, um, excuse me. And it's like, well, Stefan, I don't know what you fucking expected. Yeah, Bonnie says, well, you know, I needed Elena to know. And Stefan says, well, I needed you to keep Elena out of it. And Elena says, oh, what are you going to do? Kidnap me so I won't tell anyone? <laughs> well, it's like, oh, he's like, All right, well, I need you not tell Elena. Like, well, she did. So we're past that. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> and Bonnie says, look, I think I know who can help me open the coffin, but I need Elena to help me find her. And Stefan says, find who? What the fuck are you talking about? And Elena's also confused. Bonnie says, well, you know, I couldn't place her face at first, but then I realized and she pulls a photo out of her wallet and it's a picture of a woman, same face that we saw earlier with a baby. Elena says, oh, my God. And Stefan says, who is that? Now, Stefan, <laughs> this isn't like that complicated. This is a little bit of a layup. Use like, the context clues. It's obviously a mom. It's minimum an aunt. Yeah. Well, Stefan's like, I don't want to be racist and assume that the black woman in her wallet is her mom. <laughs> but you should assume that given the other context clues. Yeah. So then we go over to the Gilbert house. Elena and Bonnie are looking through records of every Abby Bennett in the country provided by Liz Forbes. Which like, I know you kind of have to look everywhere because you don't know where she ended up. But Abby Bennett is a very broad name. Like you could focus the search a little bit. And it's kind of crazy that they're assuming that she's going by Abby Bennett. Yeah. Given the fact that she, you know, left her daughter. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's kind of a little bit, I don't well, know. We have to that. assume Bennett is her maiden name, right? Well, I don't know. Although guess... why would then Bonnie go by Bennett? Exactly. Because all the witches are Bennett. Yeah, Sheila's Bennett. So Bennett must be her maiden name. You're right. But you would think if she wanted to run away from her daughter, who she clearly didn't want to see, she would change her name regardless. Yeah. You would think. 
But you would think Bonnie wouldn't want to go by Bennett, but it's a lot of thinking. Either way, it is kind of weird that she's going by Abby Bennett still. Yeah, but hey, it all works out. And they're looking at pictures in, you know, Los Alamitos, Honolulu, blah, blah, blah. And they're just kind of chatting. And Bonnie says, by the way, I feel like I should say, um, I know things have been super weird between us because you compelled Jeremy to leave. And I was a little pissy about that. Yeah, I was a little mean to you about that choice. I didn't handle it super maturely. So thank you for helping me with this. I know you have a lot to deal with. And Elena says, hey, there's nothing more important than helping you with this, which is very nice of Elena, because to be completely and totally honest, there are more important things than helping her with this. Yeah, she has a lot to deal with. And it's a possibility that Bonnie's mom will help, but it's not a definite. Bonnie says, you know, it's kind of surreal to like track down a woman who bailed on her kid. And Elena says, I just want you to know, you don't have to do this if you don't want to. Stefan can obsess over opening the coffin and you don't have to get involved. And Bonnie says the coffin spelled shut, which makes it a witch problem, which means it does fall to me, which girly, it may be a witch problem, but that does not make it your problem. Stefan can't find another witch. Maybe he should be a little bit more friendly to people. Yeah. But Bonnie says, plus I had to see my mother again sooner or later, which really exposes, I think, the heart of her intentions is that she kind of does want to see her mom. This is a nice excuse. It's a good thing to hide behind. Yeah. Something she wants to do because I'm sure she has wondered why her mom left her and now she's like well this dream is leading me to her and it could help so now is the time I guess to go through with this and deal with it yeah she's never going to have a better reason to go seek her mom out than this and I think she knows she needs a reason like personally to have the courage to go exactly Damon enters and he says oh you're going to see her sooner rather than later I found an Abby Bennett in Monroe North Carolina born Mystic Falls Hospital, graduated Mystic Falls High, blah, blah, blah. He basically compelled someone to speed up this process, which I don't know why they didn't start with that. Well, who he compelled? Like, why wouldn't you just ask? Yeah. And this seems like a layup, no offense, but why didn't you start with people named Abby Bennett who were also graduates of Mystic Falls High rather than looking at every Abby Bennett in the country? Or at least who lived in Mystic Falls at some point or another. Yeah, but they're not investigators in that way. And they don't have to be because Damon found it. So if only Andy Starr were here. Andy Starr would have found Abby Bennett in 10 minutes. No compulsion needed. She would have gotten it. RIP Andy Starr, we miss you. (laughs) And Bonnie looks at the picture and she says, yep, that's the lady from my dream. I know her well. Damon says, all right, road trip. I call shotgun. And Elena says, no. And he says, oh, you want me to ride in the back with you? And she says, you are not coming on this road trip. He's like, I don't have plans. Luckily, he finds something to uh, occupy his day with. Yeah, his first choice is Elena's second choice is Rick. So it works out. And Elena says, look, Bonnie hasn't seen her mom in 15 years. We really don't need your snarky commentary narrating the experience, which is a very thoughtful, friendly response. He stands in her way a little bit. They like look at each other. They they exchange looks. Bonnie clocks it. It's very much giving flirty. And Bonnie says, hey, what's going on with you two? And Damon says, we kissed. Now it's weird. Have a great trip. He said, if I can't be on that road trip, I will be there in spirit, honey. I will be in your mouths. He's like, if I can't be there, you'll be talking about me at least. Don't forget me. <laughs> yeah. He walks out and he says, yeah, I got him. Yeah, he walks out. He says, moi. If you like the way I talk, then why am I on your mind? so then we go over to the forbes house caroline comes downstairs to see tyler who tried to kill her the other day in her living room she's not pleased to see him naturally and he says oh 
I'm here to apologize. And she says, apologize? I could have died. We are past apologies. Yeah, like you can't just be like, sorry, I almost killed you. I'm not going to be like, no, it's cool. It's like, I understand. No, I don't understand. (laughs) No, it was dumb. I'm going to hold a grudge. We did not get like a clear shot of her wrist because I was like, which bracelet is she going to be wearing? I really wanted to see this morning. I was before I watched this episode, I was like, what bracelet is Caroline going to wear in this episode? We didn't see shit. She went neither of them that we could see. Who knows? I think we would know if she was wearing dialers. <laughs> to be completely honest. In every shot, we hear clang, 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 clang. So the germs are hitting each other. And if she was wearing Klaus's, we'd just hear ding, 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 because it would be twinkling. Yeah, I bet she's wearing Klaus's. That's why she's wearing long sleeves. Well, Klaus's is too fancy. I bet she's not wearing either of them because Tyler's is hideous and Klaus's is too fancy. She doesn't want to wear it every day. I'd be wearing it every day because I'm a classy broad. (laughs) No, because you're out here simping. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And Tyler says, that's the problem. Klaus told me to do it and I said no, but it still happened. Like it was completely out of my control. And he is about three episodes behind on this revelation. Yeah. Everyone else like, why do you think we were worried about you? Like, we all saw that this was happening. And he's like, well, I had never tried saying no before. Everyone's like, yeah, we kind of all thought that's what would happen. And it did. So excuse us for not being surprised. Next time, if he asks you to do something and you say no, maybe tell us what he asked beforehand. But Tyler decides finally he's going to take some action. So he asked Caroline's mom to call him. And in walks Bill Forbes. I was wondering if we were going to see him again. You mentioned him uh, last week because you thought he might become back because you thought he might have murdered the medical examiner. Good, good job, me. I forgot that. Intuition. Tyler says, you know, I thought since he could resist compulsion, maybe he could teach me to resist a sire bond. This is actually some high level critical thinking for Tyler. I'm pretty proud of him. This was a very good idea by him, which he's not known for. Yeah. And so Caroline asks her dad, like, if he can help. And he says, well, I'm going to try. Because Tyler made a mistake and he wants to make good, which I understand because I uh, did torture you in a dungeon and I can't help but feel a little bit remorse. He's like, yeah, I feel kind of bad about it because I did. I went home to my husband, who, you know, I have because I'm I'm gay, as you're all aware. And I told him about how this all went down. And he said to me, Bill, that sounds a lot like conversion therapy. And I said, damn, that's a good point. I did a lot of reflecting. And I ha- and I see where he got that. So I realized I might have been in the wrong there. And Caroline's like, okay. Caroline's like, okay, well, you two are quite <laughs> are quite a pair. She said, I'm not vibing with you two. Yeah. <laughs> so then we go over to the grill. Meredith and Alaric are having lunch. Alaric asks if she wants a beer. And she says, now I have rounds in 15 minutes. And a drunk doctor is a bad doctor. Yeah. Hot take, Meredith. And then Rick says, that depends what kind of drunk you are, which I know is flirting, but weird comment. But but Alaric, no. And then Meredith says, angry, like she's an angry drunk. Now, Mama, that is giving. I mean, I'm not getting good vibes from her. And she said that. And I was like, now, girly. And just to take away any of the murder suspect cloud that is following her. If you are on a first date with a guy and he asks what kind of drunk you are, you should not tell him you're an angry drunk, even if that's true. Even if you are. It's a weird vibe, especially someone like Alaric who's drinking all the time. (laughs) That's a dangerous game. Say you're a slutty drunk. Just say, (laughs) I like to dance. Yeah. (laughs) Who's going to prove it? Who's going to prove it? Maybe she dances while she's angry. You can do both. 
Poké no los dos. Women contain <laughs> multitudes. Yeah. But Alaric and Meredith both laugh as if this is like really grade A flirting. And she thanks him for lunch. And he says, next time dinner. And she says, yeah, awesome. And she leaves. So things are going pretty well for Meredith and Alaric. Uh, they're about to be taken down a couple pegs. Damon enters. He says, oh, who's that? Damon says, time to fuck with Alaric's love life. It's my favorite activity. Yeah. Alaric says, oh, that's my doctor. And Damon says, what's her damage? And Rick says, oh, she has no damage. Now, Alaric, I know you don't know her that well, but look at your track record. She's got damage. You definitely pick the damaged girlies. You think a girl who's interested in you doesn't have damage? If a girl doesn't have damage, she's going to go marry like uh, a Matt Donovan. She's not going to live in Mystic Falls. It's not going to live in Mystic Falls with a history teacher town drunk. Now, me, I would do that, but I'm unwell. Yeah, I admit I have damage. <laughs> like, I have damage. <laughs> Damon says it's a fact of life that a girl who is as hot and smart as Meredith Fell is has damage. Alaric says, well, I guess, okay, if I'm digging deep looking for red flags, uh, her ex called her a psycho case the other day. And Damon says, oh, if it comes from an ex, it doesn't count. True king behavior. Good comment. He said, believe women. He said, I stand with women personally. Yeah. <laughs> Rick says, I wonder what my exes would call me. And Damon says, well, nothing because they're all dead. And Alaric has this look on his face. He's like, that's a very good point. He says, you got me there. And then Rick says, well, her ex is the medical examiner, so he's not dead, but he's dead adjacent. And Damon's like, ooh. Damon says, oh, now this is a wrinkle. Damon says, she dated the medical examiner? And Rick says, yeah, why does that matter? And Damon says, well, he's not dead adjacent. He's dead. Uh, he was murdered. The sheriff is trying to keep a lid on it because he was staked in the chest like a vampire. Yeah, Damon, you don't have to approach that with any tact. You can just rip that Band-Aid right off. I mean, what's the point of having tact? He's already, you know, it's a lurk. He, he needs to be. Bring a lurk down from his cloud, okay? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, a lurk, you need to be a little bit more realistic about your life here. And a lurk said, that's so interesting. Meredith didn't mention anything about that. Damon says, okay, well, that's red flag number two. And a lurk says, well, who do you think killed him? And Damon says, look, I don't know. But if I was a cop, she would be a suspect. At the minimum, she should be a suspect. At the minimum, she should be brought in for questioning. Yeah. That's a layup. Even these deputies should be able to figure that one out. This is upsetting to Alaric. It kind of hurts his brain to think about. So, Because he was thinking he, found, he finally found a girl who's beautiful who has no issues. Not so, King. Whether or not he was stupid in thinking that is irrelevant because <laughs> he really believed it. Yeah, poor, poor Rick. <laughs> so then we go... Over to the Salvatore house, Stefan comes home to find Klaus on their couch. Klaus is drinking their bourbon and listening to music quite loudly. Stefan comes in and turns down the volume and says, hey, Klaus, what are you doing here? And Klaus says, well, you know, I'm enjoying our stalemate. And Stefan says, okay, so what do you want? And Klaus is like, no, the real question is, what do you want? Because I got my hybrids to leave town. So give me my family back. Yeah, he's like, I've been working with the Bergen. Like, when are we going to negotiate the end of this? And Stefan says, well, I'm not negotiating. I know you're not negotiating, Stefan, because you haven't even put out an offer. You're not demanding either. You're not doing anything. You're just sitting. You're just hoping he doesn't ask until you figure out how to open the coffin. Once again, Stefan's plan is like, well, I'll just stall him. Stefan, you're bad at that. You've never been good at that. And Klaus is not easy to stall. Like Rebecca, easy to stall. But Klaus, he'll, he's on a mission at all times. Yeah. You would think he would move a little slower considering he's like unkillable. What's the rush, King? Yeah. But 
but hey. Klaus says, you understand that holding my family indefinitely is the same thing as dropping them in the ocean, right? And so I was like, well, not technically. Uh (laughs) No, I don't know if I'd say that. Um, (laughs) He's like, interesting point. Let's unpack that. He's like, do you want to talk about that at length? (laughs) Seth says, can you elaborate? Take as long as you need. He's like, it's crazy. I actually have an appointment. Can you tell me that later? (laughs) Seth says, I'm sorry, my phone's ringing. (laughs) Stefan says, okay, well, here's the deal. How about you leave Mystic Falls? uh, Give me a call in a few years, and then we'll talk. And Klaus is like, "Mm, no. Klaus says, okay, so um, I'm going to give you, like, just one more chance. Let's make a reasonable deal. That seems like a fair ask from Klaus. No offense. Klaus is like, look, if you're going to even start to negotiate, we got to be doing it in good faith. You can't say call me in a few years. No. You, You know that's ridiculous. And Stefan says, Oh, or what? You make one move and Al and Klaus starts laughing, cuts him off with a laugh. Very demoralizing. Klaus has been the victim of this a number of times. It's got to be fun for him to turn it on Stefan. Yeah, his dad did this to him every day. And now that his dad is dead, he's like, I'm going to try that. Yeah, this is the that old Michael. to me every time. I'm going to hit him with the Michael. Yeah. And Klaus says, that's right. Crazy Stefan. How's that working out for you? Have any friends left? Now, this is a deep cut because Stefan does have no friends left. And Stefan will find out later, even the girl who loved him more than anything is about to dump him. But if Stefan were smart, what he would say is like, how many friends do you have? Because Klaus has none. Yeah, all you have to do to say to Klaus, I don't know why they're so convinced they have to kill him. You don't have to kill him. You just have to be like, hey, you don't have any friends. He'll disappear for a week and just like salt. That would literally be a better job of stalling. All you have to do is like once a month, throw a party and don't invite Klaus, but make sure he knows about it. He will be sulking every time between those parties. Every time Klaus starts to get angry, just throw someone else's birthday party. And then when he shows up, inevitably, you're like, oh, like we didn't invite you. And then what happens is he fights with the bouncer for a second. Finally, you let him in. And then everyone is like, you know what? I think I'm going to call it a night. Yeah, it's so (laughs) easy. He is just insecure. They are not aware enough of this. Because the thing is, is that Klaus and Stefan, both of them really don't have any friends right now, but at least Stefan has allies. Yeah. Stefan's got at least one leg up. I mean, Klaus has allies too, but he, they're only allies because he turned them into hybrids and they have to. So you can still dig into that. Yeah, exactly. It's that, you know, psychological manipulation that they should be leaning into. And Stefan, without his humanity off, he just doesn't have that kind of forethought. Yeah, it's interesting because... You know, Stefan is clearly affected by this comment. So it's hard to say, again, they're making it a little unclear where his humanity stands at this moment, because I think they don't haven't decided how hard and fast they want to make the switch rule yet. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you don't have your humanity on, you shouldn't be annoyed that Klaus says says you have no friends, but also you shouldn't drive your girlfriend off a bridge. So I think he's aware he went a little far last week. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know. Even if his humanity's off, he's like, okay, that might have been a little much. Like, I can understand objectively that that was fucked up. Yeah, that was, maybe I should have picked a different bridge. Yeah. (laughs) Picked a cliff, maybe. Yeah, something else. So I think he's like, "Mm, yeah, I have kind of made made some choices that people are not liking me. Yeah, things are not going well in Stefan Salvatore land. Yeah. Then we cut over to Bonnie's Prius, which is on the way to North Carolina. And Bonnie is like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm going to see my mom or meet her since I really don't remember her. And Elena's like, yeah, you don't really talk about her. And Bonnie's like, what's to say? She left. She never wrote or called. Not even when Grams died. Yeah, Bonnie's like, I don't even know it. What would I say? And then Bonnie says, hey, can we talk about you and Damon instead? 
Elena says, oh, I'm not talking about me and Damon. <laughs> and then after Bonnie like looks at her, she's like, okay, well, he kissed me. It's not going to happen again. And Bonnie says, okay, well, like, was it good? And Elena says, that doesn't matter. And Bonnie says, yeah, that means it was. Yeah, Bonnie's like, I'm not an idiot. And I love Helena says, well, he kissed me. You kissed each other, girl. You yeah, were girly. as much there as he was. You did not push him off. It is interesting. And we'll get there. She tells Bonnie that he kissed her. But when she ta- tells Stefan, she says she kissed him. Oh, that is interesting. Just something worth unpacking, but we can get to that when she tells Stefan. Bonnie gets a call from Stefan and Bonnie's like, oh yeah, I told Stefan I would call him when we got the address. And Elena says, just ignore the call. You're about to see your mom for the first time in 15 years. I'm not letting Stefan ruin that moment. But Bonnie's like, he's just going to keep calling until I pick up. I thought she was about to throw Bonnie's phone out the window. I know. <laughs> I really thought that's where we were headed. I don't think it would have mattered regardless, but you know. Um, <laughs> so Elena picks up the phone for Bonnie. She says, hi. Stefan says, where are you? And Elena says, well, me and Bonnie are going to spend the night at the lake house while we wait for more addresses from Sheriff Forbes. And Stefan says, you're kidding, right? Stefan says, you must think I'm fully stupid. (laughs) And she says, we need a night off from your insanity. And Stefan says, I don't think you understand. Klaus knows I'm stalling. We need to move faster. You can't just take a night off. And she says, you know, we're doing all we can. Don't call us every five minutes, okay? Yeah, she's like, we'll get more work done if you stop calling us. And he accepts this because he happens to currently be at the Gilbert house looking at the printout of the Abby Bennett they're going to see, which I'm guessing they left on top of the pile. Now, Miss Elena, did you think Stefan could have no way of finding this out? And even if, you know, he didn't get into the house and see that, he could have been like, okay, done the same thing Damon did, go compel someone, find me an Abby Bennett who went to Mystic Falls High and he would have gotten this address just as fast anyway. Yeah. This was a little faster because the paper was already there, but only marginally faster. Yeah. So Stefan says fine. And he hangs up again because he knows where he's going. So then we go over to the grill where Klaus is having a little lunch. He calls our good friend Daniel, knock off Carlisle Cullen. (laughs) And Klaus says, oh, how's life on the road? And Daniel says, scenic. How's life in Mystic Falls with no hybrids? And Klaus says, oh, it's boring for now. And Daniel says, well, you know, if, if you want any of us to come back, just say the word. We'll like come. And Klaus is like, like, I know. Yeah, he's like, I'll turn around right now. <laughs> he said, I can literally turn around. <laughs> so I'm in the middle of a U-turn. <laughs> <laughs> Turning as we speak. <laughs> and Klaus says, oh, no need. I've been making friends with the town's civil servants. There's a deputy. He's super, super chatty, but useful nonetheless. These deputies really are good for nothing. <laughs> and then he asks Daniel if he's clear on what he needs to do. Daniel says he has it covered. And then we see Daniel pull up in front of a little house. We don't know this house, but when he knocks on the door, Abby answers the door. And we know this because he says, Abby Bennett Wilson. And she says, yes. And it's like, girl, ask a question. Because, you know, when someone came up to Graham's house, she was like, "Mm, no, bye. She said, who the fuck are you? Just watch out for it, girl. So this is our first appearance of Abby Bennett. She is played by an actress named Persia White. She's most known probably for Girlfriends, which is a sitcom. It's got Tracy Ellis Ross on it, which has been running for like 20 years or ran for 20 years. I guess it ended in 2020. But there's another fun fact about her that I've been very excited to tell you. She met her husband working on the Vampire Diaries, and they are still married to this day. Do you want to guess who her husband is? I do. Bill Forbes. It is Klaus. It's Joseph Morgan. Huh. I know. I knew I knew he was married to someone from the Vampire Diaries. I would not have guessed her. I know. It is kind of shocking because she plays a mom and he plays like a younger person. So it seems like their age difference is pretty wide. I don't think it is. Well, she looks very young. Yeah. But it is like 
a weird casting thing. Aww. They're a very cute couple. Yeah, and they're still married to this day. Yeah, I was trying to think of parents to guess, but I went the wrong way. I almost, I was going to say an original because I was going to say Elijah, but I was like, no, Elijah married Rachel Lee Cook. Exactly. So I had know. To, had to do a lot of math in my head. What a couple. Then we do a little bit time jump where Bonnie and Elena pull up to the same house. And Elena says, oh, this is a cute house. And Bonnie says, yeah, for the middle of nowhere. It's like, yeah, Bonnie, I know you're a little mad and stressed. It's fine. <laughs> and Elena says, okay, are you ready? And Bonnie says, yes. And in they go. Elena rings the doorbell, but before anyone answers, a man enters from the side and he says, hey. And Elena says, hey, uh, we're looking for Abby Wilson. And the man says, oh, well, she isn't home, but is there anything like I can do for you guys? And Bonnie says, it's okay, we can come back. And Elena's like, mm, no, stop there, girly. We're here. Elena's like, mm-mm, why would you doing it? And the man says to Bonnie, like, sorry if this is weird. You look so familiar. And she says, okay, yeah, well, the jig is up. Abby's my mom. And at this point, it's like, is he like her half brother, a cousin? Like, we don't really know what his vibe is yet. Exactly. Is he a hybrid who was also compelled? You know, we don't know these things. But he says, oh, I'm Jamie. Do you guys want to come inside? And he lets them in. He offers them drinks, orange juice, coconut water, some mango guava thing. I assume juice. <laughs> a taste of the tropics in North Carolina. <laughs> and Bonnie says, water is fine. And then Bonnie says, okay, so are we related? Yeah, Bonnie's <laughs> like, so let's get to it. Like, are you my brother or something? And he says, oh, no, Abby's not my mom. And Elena says, good, because if Elena is one thing, it's horny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jamie says, well, Abby dated my old man back in the day. He was kind of a deadbeat. So when they broke up, she took me in. She put me through school and she didn't freak out when I totaled her current twice. And Bonnie's like, what the fuck? And Bonnie says, okay, ouch. <laughs> yeah, she's like, my mom left me when I was like two or three and you crashed her car twice and she likes you more. She's like, I'll tell you what I've never done. Totaled my car. She's like, okay, that's fucked up. Outwardly, Bonnie says, she sounds great. And even when she says, she's like, I want to sob. <laughs> she's like, that hurt me. And then Abby enters and she says, hey, Jamie, whose car is out front? And Bonnie says, mine. And she's like, okay, and who are you? And she says, hi, I'm Bonnie. And she says, I'm your daughter, I think. And Abby says, hi. And then we go over to the old Forbes jail and Bill's getting the cell set up. He's chaining, you know, Tyler to the chains, whatever. And Caroline asks how Bill has any idea this is going to work. And Bill says, well, you know, it's a process. It took decades for me to learn to resist compulsion, but the brain is a muscle. And the more you use it, the more it can do. And now, Tyler, did you not hear the word decades? Yeah. <laughs> or do you not know what it, what it means? Or do you think you're just somehow stronger than Bill? Yeah. Do you think your brain? Is stronger than anyone's brain, Tyler. And be honest. And be on and really look inward. And be realistic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he's he's ignoring that for the moment. Shirtless Tyler is all chained up. And Bill says a sire bond at its core is about gratitude. You believe you owe Klaus your life. Ask yourself why. And Tyler says, Well, that one's easy. I know the answer to that. I was cursed. Every full moon I had to change into a wolf. It was torture, and Klaus took that away. And Bill says, so you feel indebted to him because he freed you of your pain. So to break the sire bond, you have to make yourself turn. If you own your pain, you'll owe Klaus nothing and you will be free. This seems to track logically from what we know. Yeah, this makes sense. It's like it is very much about the gratitude. And Tyler said that straight out that he's like, well, I don't have to turn like he helped me. Like, so I have to help him now. And so it makes sense that if you can get away from him, from viewing him as your savior, you can get out of the little cult logic. 
Exactly. And Caroline says, but it's not a full moon. And Bill says, yeah, he doesn't need a full moon anymore. As a hybrid, he can turn at will or not. And Tyler says, I mean, technically, sure. But like, I don't really know how to start. He's like, yeah, I can. But like, do I have to? Do I have to one and two? I don't know how to when I'm not forced to. (laughs) So he's just sitting there being like wolf. Yeah. In his brain, he's like, come on, Tyler, be a wolf. Come on, Tyler. (laughs) Break your arms. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Bill says, you know, you just keep making excuses, King. And Tyler says, okay, I don't know if you know this. Uh, so let me let you in on a little secret. When I turn, I break every bone in my body. And Bill says, I know that. Bill's like, what makes you think I would give a fuck about that? Bill says, you literally asked for my help. Well, and he's like, yeah, I figured it would hurt. Otherwise, why would you care if you don't have to turn? Yeah, he's like, first of all, it's not easy to do these things. Remember when I said it took decades for me to resist compulsion? Yeah, he's like, that went right in one ear off the other to you, didn't it, Tyler? Sure did. <laughs> Bill says, this is the only way. And he says, how badly do you want your freedom? You can see Tyler's like, oh, not that badly. Tyler's definitely weighing the options. <laughs> yeah, but Caroline is right there. Uh, so he feels like, okay, I kind of have to at least commit to it today. That does push him at least in one direction. And he says, okay. And so he tries to start transforming. He really focuses hardcore. Some stuff starts happening. And then we go back over to Abby's house. Bonnie looks at a picture from Jamie's graduation, another knife in her stomach. Yeah, real rough. And Elena says, hey, how are you holding up? And Bonnie says, I'll be fine. You know, I'm not here to get my mom back. I'm just here to help. Well, girl, you kind of wanted both. Yeah. But now she's like, well, since I can't get one, I'm shutting this down. Abby comes back into the dining room. She says, hope you're hungry. Food is my go-to icebreaker. And she brings out a plate of what it se- what appears to be muffins and fruit. Pretty good plate. Yeah. Elena says, you have a beautiful home. And Abby says, oh, you're so sweet, just like your mom. Elena says, you knew my mom? And Abby says, yeah, Miranda was my best friend. And Bonnie says, yeah, Bonnie says what we're all fucking thinking. <laughs> she says, oh, so you had a daughter and a best friend and you still left? <laughs> so I immediately thought, I was like, wow, so like, It wasn't like, oh, you just had other friends or something like, no, you loved everybody. (laughs) And Abby says, well, my best friend is why I left. 15 years ago, a vampire came into town looking for the doppelganger. No one could manage to kill him uh, because he was an original. She says, so I lured him out of town and cast a spell to desiccate him, kept him in a crypt in Charlotte. Elena connects the dots pretty quickly. She says, Michael, who we know well, she says he was an original vampire. And Abby says, yeah, well, it took every ounce of power I had. It almost killed me. I recovered, but my magic didn't. My powers never came back. And Bonnie says, damn, that's crazy because we killed him in like a week. Yeah, that's crazy because he really didn't last that long against us. It is interesting that Michael knew there was another doppelganger and where she was that far in advance of Klaus knowing. It is wild to know, like, he's like, I heard there's a baby that looks just like Catherine when she was a baby. (laughs) I don't know how he would know, but. How many times do you think they ran into like a baby and they're like, that looks like a lot like baby Catherine, but it just looked like a baby. I would assume like the original witch somehow told him like this one's the doppelganger. But 15 years ago, the original witch isn't around. Well, but through the through the ether. Oh, sure. Somehow working together. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Either way. Yeah, because I don't know how he would know, but it's just interesting that he knew so far in advance of everyone else. Yeah. And he still couldn't stop class from breaking the curse. Yeah, and he still got killed in 10 minutes. Yeah. So he ain't shit. One thing about Michael. <laughs> Abby says, my powers never came back. And Bonnie says, yeah, neither did you. And Abby says, okay, well, it really wasn't that simple. And Bonnie says, it wasn't? You did that? Then what? You had to teach Jamie how to drive? 
Elena tries to interject to kind of keep the peace a little bit because she sees it devolving. And Bonnie says, you know what? This was a mistake. She has no magic. She can't help us. Bonnie tries to leave, but Abby says, no, like, please talk to me. And Elena says, you know what? I'm going to head outside. Give you guys some privacy. Yeah, she's like, you guys got to handle this yourself. I'm not being much help here. I'll just go. I'll go explore the grounds. Yeah. She's like, there's plenty to see. We're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And she goes outside. She sees like a burn. She looks around and then she turns around and there's Stefan. And he says, nice lake house. She says, okay. <laughs> like, okay, whatever. What do you want me to say? <laughs> yeah, I was obviously lying. Then we go over to the Mystic Falls Hospital. Damon is waiting in the hallway and he runs into Meredith. And he says, hey, girly, we never got to officially meet. And she says, you're a Lyric's friend, right? Damon Salvatore, I saw you at the council meeting. What are you doing here in the hospital? And he says, ah, I'm strolling the halls. I like to wave at newborns through the window. And she's like, okay, uh, goodbye. She starts to walk away. And Damon says, sorry about your boyfriend. Animal attack. Brutal. And she says, ex-boyfriend. Uh, but yeah, thank you. I'm still processing the news of it all. And Damon says, yeah, I just wanted to come by and tell you it wasn't an animal attack. But then I realized you signed the death certificate. Mm-hmm. Of course she did. Because her master plan is to be the medical examiner, you think. As, as I've said, <laughs> as I so thoughtfully pointed out. Meredith pulls him into a separate room and closes the door. And she says, would you rather I say he was staked like a vampire? I mean, you could say stabbed. Yeah, you could say shot. Damon says, wasn't he the guy who coined the phrase animal attack? Also, like an animal attack is when it's when someone's killed by a vampire that you don't want people to know about. Like if it's an actual murder, maybe let the people know. But yeah, I would think so. You can be like, oh, this is not supernatural at all. We can tell people he was stabbed. Yeah. Instead, corruption reigns in Mystic Falls. It goes up to the, the tippy top. Exactly. Meredith asks why Damon cares. And Damon says, well, Rick likes you. And if you're a psychopath, that would really suck. And she says, you think I killed my ex-boyfriend? And he says, well, I think psychopaths are really high maintenance. He's like, I mean, I definitely think it's a possibility. <laughs> he's, well, I think you should be a suspect at the very least. I think you should be brought in for questioning. He's like, I just think it's like a question. Definitely. I, mean, I think we should be considering the option. She says, you know what? If you care about your friend, how about you go figure out how Alaric came into the ICU on his deathbed and walked out an hour later without a scratch? And Damon says, oh, I know that one. Damon's like, yeah, I know, because I, I did that. I'm a better doctor than you, evidently. But Damon decides he's going to let it go for now because he's gotten the information he needs from her. Well, and I think he's kind of like, you don't know for sure I'm a vampire then if you like don't know that I gave him the blood or something. Mm. So he's like, I better leave that information hidden was kind of my read on it. Interesting. So Damon says, OK, fair enough. And he starts to leave. But in a foolish rookie move, he turns his back on her and she gets him with a needle full of a vein. He conks out. She takes some of his blood. But then he starts to stir and she leaves. Yeah. So she gets that blood all capped up and goes. So clearly she did know he was a vampire. And now he has that confirmed. I'm going to go over back to the old jail. Tyler continues to try to transition. Caroline looks very pained to watch it. And Bill watches it kind of like a psychopath. But that's kind of Bill's MO. Yeah. Kind of like keep cracking. Crack, keep crack, cracking. Crack. And Tyler says, OK, well, um, I can't do this. And Bill says, try harder. And Caroline says, can't he rest for one second? He's barely been working. Yeah, Bill's like, he's been at it for five minutes. No, he can't rest for one second. He's not even trying. It's been literally 45 seconds. Yeah, it's like, no, he has to keep Tyler going. says, are you sure? Feels like it's been, I've been at this for hours. Yeah, it's been 45 seconds. Bill's like, this dude is weak. <laughs> but Bill turns to Caroline and says, look, Caroline, we're doing this my way. If you can't handle it, you should leave. 
And Caroline's like, mm, okay. She like pushes back against it. Tyler tells her to go. After some pushing, Caroline does leave. With Caroline out of the picture, Bill can be a little bit more mean because Caroline's not going to get in his way. He immediately picks up an axe. Now, Tyler, move that axe out of the room before you get chained up, King. And he starts swinging the axe at Tyler. He gets a few nicks on him. And Tyler says, hey, um, stop. Yeah, he's like, please don't hit me with the axe. And Bill says, <laughs> oh, what? You angry? You need to access the anger that's in you. And then it kind of starts working. And Bill basically says, listen, your bond to Klaus is putting my daughter in danger. So either you turn or I kill you right now. He's like, and keep in mind, I have an axe, so I can. <laughs> keep in mind, I have an axe and you are chained. So I can decapitate you quite easily. Yeah, it'll take me one second. And this does go into Tyler's brain. He keeps focusing and tries to turn. We go back over to Abby's house. Abby says, Bonnie, you know, you have grown into a beautiful young woman. And Bonnie says, can you stop with the compliments and the muffins? I just want the truth. Why didn't you come home? And this is a fair question because it's like, I get why you like left or got nervous, but it's been 15 years. Yeah. Give some explanation on that. And Abby explains it basically saying, you know, I had no magic. I was in a new city and I realized I had a chance to be someone else. Abby Wilson, the woman, not Abby Bennett, the witch. I'm not proud of it, but I ran. You had your dad and your grams. And let's face it, your grams is way better at this stuff than I am. And then Bonnie says, oh, you don't know. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that's the downside of not being in contact with your daughter. You won't know when your mom dies. Literally. And Abby says, what? And then she realizes what happened. Abby asks how. Bonnie says, it was a rough spell. Uh, We exhausted ourselves, her more than me. And Abby says, well, you know, she raised you right. I'm sure she's very proud of you. And Bonnie said, oh, yeah, I talked to her a couple episodes ago. She loves me. Yeah, she told me that verbatim. (laughs) (laughs) And Abby says, well, now you know my whole story. Not really. (laughs) Barely. We know know the (laughs) basics, but we don't know a lot. What did you do for the other 14 years? Yeah. Like, (laughs) it's been a while. And you haven't had a phone, I'm guessing. And that's why you didn't call me. Yeah. And you couldn't have been that busy raising one kid. Yeah. Because you clearly weren't watching him because he totaled your car twice. Yeah. Abby says, well, you know, tell me your story. What brings you to me? And Bonnie says, a dream, actually. I thought you were supposed to help us, but now I know you don't have any magic. And Abby says, well, no, I don't have any spells, but I'm not completely useless. You know, the earth has herbs. I might be able to do something. And Bonnie's like, I doubt it. Yeah, Bonnie says, yeah, I don't (laughs) think so. I think I'm a little bit better of a witch than you. Yeah. (laughs) And Abby says, please let me help you. So then we go out to the burn where Stefan and Elena are catching up. Stefan asks Elena if she thought he wouldn't find out. And she says, honestly, I really didn't care. She's like, I don't think about you as much as you think I do. And Stefan says, this is exactly why I didn't want you in the loop. And she says, yeah, because now you can't do whatever you want. Boo hoo. He kicks over a chair and Jamie overhears it and he approaches. He says, hey, everything all right. And Elena says, "Okay, uh, Jamie, go back inside. It's better for you there. I'm really more equipped to handle this than you are. And he says, I don't think so. And Stefan's like, oh, listen to her. And Jamie, you know, gets a little tough guy act on. And he says, no, I don't think so. So Stefan gets his tough guy act on and he grabs Jamie's neck and he compels him (laughs) to go back upstairs before he tears his throat out. And Jamie says, "Okay, I know what I must do. Jamie says message received. (laughs) And he walks away pretty fast. And Elena says, hey, you know, I don't think you realize how bad you've gotten. And Stefan says, this is the way it has to be. And she says, oh, yeah, right. Out villain the villain. I get it. Fucking loser. She's like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But before they can get too heated, Jamie returns with a gun and he says, "Uh, you're not supposed to be here. And Elena says, "Uh, Jamie, what are you doing? She's like, Jamie, you don't need to shoot him. 
And then he says what I was told. He's not supposed to be here. And Stefan says, okay, so Elena, it appears that he is compelled. And Elena's like, no, I got that, Stefan. And then Jamie (laughs) shoots Stefan in the chest. And it's pretty clear it's like buckshot. Yeah. Because we see the spread and everything. And we can assume from the screaming that there's wood. Yes. Excellent logical thinking, Stephanie. I am very smart and talented. But of course, the gunshot is loud. So Bonnie inside is like, hey, uh, what was that? And she goes to look and she makes the same fatal flaw Damon made earlier. She looks to the window while not watching her own back. Abby empties a packet of herbs or something into her hand and clasps it over Bonnie's mouth to uh, knock her out. Yeah, Abby says, remember when I said something about herbs? And remember when you talked down my use of herbs? How you feel now? How these herbs taste? How you feel about it? <laughs> um, so we go over to Alaric's apartment where he is very sexily lifting weights. And for what? Why does he have all these weights in his apartment? Why does he look literally so sexy? I know. He's eating Damon up in this scene. Like, he makes Damon look ugly. Yeah, it's like, who's that dweeb next to Alaric? Damon is snooping around Alaric's apartment, and Alaric says, hey, what are you doing here? Damon says, looking for a bunny. You're good for now. A joke I can't quite uh, track, but whatever. They can't all be winners. I'm just a little distracted by uh, Rick's biceps. Yeah, it doesn't matter what Damon says at this point. I, no one's looking at him. <laughs> I'm not listening to you. <laughs> blah, blah, blah over there. Alaric says, hey, uh, are you still obsessed with Meredith? Don't you have like an original vampire to worry about? Aren't you obsessed with Meredith, Alaric? Yeah. <laughs> Don't you have an original vampire to worry about? Don't you have kids? To, well, one kid to worry about. Yeah. Damon says, oh, keep lifting weights. You're going to need it to buff up if you start dating Meredith. And then, you know, Damon pours himself a drink. He's like, you know, it's got to be self-defense and all. And Alaric says, hey, what's your problem? And Damon says, oh, I'll see my problem. She vervained and bloodjacked me. And Alaric's like, okay, that does sound bad. And Rick says, well, when did you even see her? And Damon says, oh, well, when I went to the hospital to accuse her of killing her ex-boyfriend, which was a sensitive subject. He's like, which shocker she got a little mad about. And Rick (laughs) says, what the hell are you doing? And Damon says, why are you mad at me? Yeah, he's like, she stole my blood. Remember, I'm your friend. Yeah. And Rick says, you know, I told you I'd handle this. And Damon says, okay, well, I proved your theory. Diagnosed psycho case. You're welcome. Then we go back over to the burn. Jamie is tying Elena to a pole. And Stefan is on the ground writhing in pain. And Elena says, hey, Jamie, please let me go. Like, he needs help. And then Abby calls out to Jamie. And Elena sees what she's calling out. And it's Abby dragging Bonnie's unconscious body to her car. And Elena's like, okay. Yeah, Elena's like, that's not great. This didn't go super well. It's like, okay, this is taking a turn. Then we go back over to the old jail. Tyler is continuing his transition as Bill watches and he's getting angrier. He seems to be getting closer. And then Tyler starts like breaking the chains, which Bill notices and he's like, oh, that doesn't look great. Yeah, Bill sees him pulling and he's like, that seems like that's getting a little closer to breaking than I would like. (laughs) And then Tyler says, quick note, these chains, they're not strong enough. So you need to like run. And Bill smart man that he is when he's told to run he immediately runs he does not hesitate he doesn't need any more convincing and clearly you know these chains worked at one point but i guess that hybrid strength kicking in i think we're in the forbes jail not the lockwood cellar oh yeah if we're in the lockwood cellar then it wouldn't make sense well it's still cement walls with chains yeah yeah i think the forbes jail has chains meant for vampires yeah who knows either way doesn't matter chains break Either way, the chains are not holding. And then we see like Tyler's foot turn into his hind legs. We know he's completed the transition. 
we see Bill running through the hallway and the camera angle is shaky. Uh, so we can, you know, we're like a GoPro on Tyler at this moment. So we can infer that Tyler has attacked Bill, which, okay, Bill, no one's mad about that. Yeah. Okay? And Bill, honestly, he's not even mad about it. He says, I did that to myself. He's like, yeah, that's what I get for being in a cellar with a boy that I'm forcing to turn into a werewolf. Yeah. One thing about Bill, he like, he knows what he does. He's no John Gilbert. Bill yeah. is not holier than now. Yeah. And then we go over to the side of the road somewhere. Abby pulls her car up to Daniel's car, our hybrid from earlier. And Abby goes to check in with Daniel. And she says, okay, so Bonnie did not tell me where the coffins are because the vampire showed up. And Daniel says, oh, did Jamie take care of him? And Abby says, yeah, he did. But she's not going to talk now. There's no way. I tried. He's like, especially because now, like, we have her friend. So she's probably going to be pissed when she wakes up. Yeah. And they are shoving Daniel down our throats to try to make us think he's cute. They're like shading his face and all that. It's like, no. Show me a lyric again. <laughs> he says, okay, well, try again to get her to talk. And just in that time, uh, Bonnie gets out of the car. So Bonnie and Abby meet up and Bonnie says, hey, what you do to me? And Abby says, you'll be fine, but don't use any spells because what I did was I muted your magic with herbs. And Bonnie says, where's Elena? Abby says, she's going to be fine, but I need your help. And Bonnie's like, I'm not really feeling like I want to help you at this moment. Bonnie says, oh, you who left me. Yeah. And now you just uh, knocked me out. You want my help. You're not selling yourself. And Abby says, I need you to tell me where those coffins are. Because if you don't, that man over there, he compelled Jamie to kill himself. And Bonnie says, okay, well, I can't tell you that. This goes beyond you and me. And Abby, while typing on her phone, says to Bonnie, all you have to do is tell me where they are. Then we've held up our end of the bargain. And she says, please. And then she holds her phone up to Bonnie and the phone says, warn your friends. So the implication here is like, you tell me that's fine. Just get your friends, get it out, obviously. But you have to wonder if Bonnie had told her where the coffins are, but it was a lie, would that still have counted holding up the compulsion? Yeah. If she had said, oh, yeah, they're in Stefan's basement. Yeah. Oh, they're at the Salvatore house. Like, would they have, would that not have worked? And also because like, you know, it's not like Bonnie wants Jamie to die. But she doesn't know the guy. But she also probably doesn't care that much. In the grand scheme. In the grand scheme, it wouldn't be crazy for her to try to get out of this and be like, if he dies, he dies. Yes, exactly. It's a dangerous game to use that as the selling point for Bonnie. Because Bonnie's like, I don't fucking know that, dude. Yeah, and Bonnie's like, I can tell it matters to you, Miss Lady, but I don't know you either. So, yeah, forgive me. I know you care more about him than your actual daughter. I don't really give a fuck. Yeah, <laughs> I hate it. I'm sorry to tell you. I don't understand what you want me to do. So we go back to the burn. Stefan is groaning on the floor. It's like, pull it together, King. It's like, suck it up, dude. Um, Elena tries to untie herself. And then Jamie returns. And he's like, well, Abby hasn't called yet. And Elena says, hey, please let us go. And Jamie says, please don't do anything. Like, I don't know why I shot him. I don't know why I'm holding this gun. But if you move or do anything, I'll shoot him again. He's like, look, I don't want to do it. I'm very freaked out. Please stop doing yeah. anything. I, like, I don't want to do it. To be, But to be completely honest, I'm gonna. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to have to, and I would love if you wouldn't make me. And Elena says, hey, who gave you that gun? Great question. And he says, a man came by earlier today. He said it was wooden buckshot. And if anyone got in our way to shoot them. And Elena says, well, what else did he say? Yeah, she's like, okay, let's see. Let's see how far they took this. She says, let's dig deep. And he says, well, they said that if Abby didn't find the location of some coffins, I'm supposed to shoot myself. Now, this might raise the question. How is he allowed to talk about what he was compelled to do? That's yeah. obviously not allowed in compulsion. Obviously, this is just like 
a thing they want us to forget for this specific storyline, which fine. Yeah. I accept that. And Elena says, well, what did he say about me? <laughs> yeah. Which at the time it's like, God, Elena, not everything's about you. Yeah, like, but then it's like, oh no, she has a point here. Yeah. Point. At first, I was it's like, like, damn. I was like, Elena, he just said he has to kill himself. Maybe don't make it about you quite yet. <laughs> like Elena, Jesus. But then she turns it around to actually be a smart move. Uh, Jamie yeah. says, well, I'm not supposed to hurt you. She says, you sure? Because these knots really hurt me. The rope is hurting. Which is a pretty smart move. You got to give it to her. Because she's essentially like, so if I got out, you wouldn't be allowed to kill me though, right? Yeah. Like essentially, because she's like, I'm pretty sure you can't, but let's just check. Let's just double check while we're here. He goes to untie the ropes, but we'll remember from earlier that they were pretty much untied a while ago. When he unties her, she very quickly grabs the gun and knocks him out with it. Slay. It's it's big slay. And Elena goes up to Stefan. She says, hey, what can I do to help? And he says, every time I move, the wood shifts inside of me. It is scraping against my heart. You need to take the pieces out. She's like, blah, blah, blah. I'll get that. Just like stop groaning every second. Yeah. She starts to pick at some pieces. He screams. And then we go over to the old witch house. Damon goes down to the basement. A bunch of candles are lit. The coffins are hidden, but Klaus is there. So it's like, okay, so we do. So he did get told the right location. Great. Klaus says, ah, hiding behind witches and in squalor, no less. And (laughs) then they give him a little aneurysm like the candles big because they don't like their house being called squalor. And they don't have sunlight because it's nighttime. So they got to just be a little stronger and they hate him. Yeah. Damon laughs and he says, it is not smart to insult them. I have made the same mistake. Uh, so take it from me. It's nice for Damon because finally he's the favorite one in this house. Yeah, he says, y'all like me? Klaus says, you know, the funny thing about witches is that living or dead, they care about their own. And a hundred dead witches have a thousand living descendants. They give him another aneurysm to try to fight him for making his point, but he will not be silenced. He says, I have no problem killing every last one of them if I don't get my coffins back. And this is a good read because that is the one thing about witches. They will protect other witches no matter what. And you can tell they kind of like are not hurting him quite as much, but without a specific example, they don't really care. And then he says, and as we speak, my hybrid friend is prepared to end the Bennett line. Now, please show me the coffins. And they also at this point know like the main coffin is not there anyway. Mm -hmm. So they're like, look, we don't want him to get his family, but he doesn't have the main coffin. So if he sees them and grabs them, like this is kind of okay right now. Exactly. Like it's not ideal, but it's fine. Mm -hmm. They do show him the three coffins and he says, here we are. And then he notices. And then he's like, "Mm, three. He says, okay, I can't (laughs) help but count. And he says, hey, where's the fourth one? Show it to me, please. And Damon says, yeah, here's the thing. They can't uh, because it's not here. And this is something Stefan honestly should have done sooner is hide these coffins in separate places. Put the ones you care about the least in the most obvious places. Then he'll be, he'll think he's so smart. He got one coffin and he'll think he's winning. And the simplest way to do this, I mean, yeah, put one in the old witch house is not a bad plan. Put one in a house that Klaus hasn't been invited into. Yeah. Is that so hard? There has to be a house somewhere. Yeah. I don't think he's ever been invited in the Gilbert house. I don't think so. So why not put it in there? All of them are drinking vervain. He can't get it. Yeah, but Stefan wasn't 
aligned with them at the time that he was hiding them. That is so true. that's the problem. Anyway, yeah, he wanted to keep it from Elena. So that was the, the divide there. Yeah. Anyway, hiding them all in one place was stupid, but this ended up working out okay, not so bad. Damon says it's not here. Klaus says, What did you do? And Damon says, Well, you know, Bonnie gave me a heads up. I didn't have enough time to get all four coffins, but I did have time to get one. And Klaus says, Okay, so here's the thing. I am going to tear you limb from limb. And only then, when you are a writhing mess of blood and flesh, will I rip your heart from your chest. Good threat. Sexy. Does not <laughs> seem to have an effect on Damon. He says, sorry, same rules apply, leverage and all. I know you want your family back, but something tells me you want what's in that coffin a lot more. Yeah, Damon's like, no, I get that you are saying that, but I know I got the most important coffin. And as far as you know, I'm the only one who knows where it is. So yeah, you can't really kill me. Do you have any idea where he put it just for shits and giggles? Oh, gosh, I didn't get it right last time, even though it seemed obvious. Okay. I feel like Damon could have gotten away with putting it in the Gilbert house or in like, I was going to say Lark's apartment, but Klaus has been in Lark's apartment, but also like, why would he go back? Yeah. Because I feel like he's smart enough to put it in a place that he hasn't been invited into. Although I wouldn't be entirely shocked if it's in one of their dungeons in their house, because, you know, he had to think quick. He couldn't necessarily pick the top place. And we don't necessarily have a map of uh, Mystic Falls. We don't actually know what the old witch house is close to. He could have put it in a mausoleum somewhere. Hide it in a cemetery. It's a coffin. That's a good one. Needle in a haystack, baby. Exactly. Um, so then we go over to the hospital. Alaric approaches Meredith in the hallway. And he says, hey, what are you up to? And she says, okay, so you talk to Damon. <laughs> She's like, okay, let's get it out there. Like, let's not dance around this. And she says, okay, here's the thing. He wasn't supposed to wake up so soon. I used enough for Vane to knock him out for hours. And Alaric says, yeah, he drinks it every day to build an immunity to it. So people like you don't get the jump on him. And she's like, he's drinking it? She's like, well, I've never heard of that. Damn. She says, I couldn't have predicted that. Also, because it's clear she's not a super great doctor. Yeah. <laughs> and she says, okay, let's get one thing straight off the bat. I'm not crazy. It sounds like something a crazy person would say. <laughs> exactly. Um, he says, then what are you? And she says, oh, you want to know? Stick around because they're wheeling in someone who's quite injured. And then Rick looks to see who it is. And wouldn't you know it? It's Bill Forbes. He says, Bill Forbes? He's like, I thought that guy wasn't in town. Yeah. Then we go back to the burn on Abby's property. Stefan is still grunting as Elena takes more pieces out. He's like, please get it out. And she's like, I am literally trying. She's like, I'm literally doing it. How fast do you think I can go? You keep squirming and it's bugging me. And then she finally gets, it looks to be the last piece, but then she takes another piece out later. She gets a big piece out, obviously. Mm -hmm. And Stefan says, you know, you've changed. Something is different. You're stronger, tougher. Maybe it's because you almost drove me off the bridge where my parents died. She's like, yeah, after being beat down over and over again, I did build up a thicker skin. <laughs> yeah, she says, you know, you're not the only one who changed, Stefan. We all had to. And he says, oh, good to know. And she says, okay, I do want to tell you something, actually, now that we're talking. Uh, not like, I guess now that, now that we're talking about change. She says, I'm going to tell you something. And it's not because I feel guilty that it happened, but I do feel guilty that you don't know. I kissed Damon. And again, it's interesting that she told Bonnie that Damon kissed her, but she's telling Stefan that she kissed Damon. I think Elena kind of wants to, like, hurt Stefan a little bit, maybe to help uh, trigger his humanity to turn back on. Not a bad plan. Well, I think she does know that like this is going to hurt his feelings. And she's kind of like, look, you want to know why I'm tough? It's because I'm letting everything go, King. Yeah. Like you were so you were so convinced you lost me so long ago. You didn't actually lose me that long ago. It was recent. So he absorbs that. It looks like he's having tears well in his eyes. He doesn't say anything right away. Yeah, it's looking definitely emotional for a little bit. I'm like, 
Uh, like that, that was strong enough that his feelings were like, you got to cry King. Yeah. We got to let these tears out, buddy. She says all done. And then Stefan walks away and she watches because he hasn't uh, commented on her kissing Damon. So things are a little uh, stilted, tense, stunted, maybe is the word. Who knows? And then we go over to the hospital. Meredith is helping Bill Forbes. She says he was found in the woods. It was an actual animal attack. She's like, trust me this time. Yeah. <laughs> she says there were bite marks and gashes all over his body. He lost about three liters of blood. Damn. And Alaric says, well, is he going to make it? And Meredith says, not on his own. She injects him with vampire blood. And she says, you want to know my secret? I cheat. I'm a doctor and I hate when people die. So when I can do something about it, I do. Yeah, because, you know, most doctors, they love when their patients die on the table. Yeah. They eat that shit. And they don't do anything about it. Famously, most doctors are like, I don't care who lives, who dies. That's why I got into this profession. Yeah, they're like, I don't really care. And if I could do something else, I wouldn't. (laughs) That's God's plan, mama. A doctor fell, I think, barely got through med school and kind of forgets. And so she's like, I better get that vampire blood because I can't remember what vein I'm going for today. So this is what Meredith Fell refers to as her secret. It makes sense with what Brian Walters was saying to her at the Founders Party that she's going to ruin her career because, again, she's cheating. But do you think this is her only secret or do you think this is a nice little mini secret that she's doing to kind of throw Alaric off any bigger secret sense? I think it's a mini secret because, like, yes, in theory, this could ruin your career because you're cheating, but, like, you're saving more patients. So who would look into it? Yeah. People be like, I think more of her patients should be dying. Like, it's weird that all her patients are living. We better get to the bottom of this if some patients don't start dying. Like, no. I think they're busy figuring out where all the blood bags are going at this hospital. They're still distracted by that mystery. Like, I just don't think that would really hurt her career. Like, maybe if the Founders Council found out, they'd be like, hey, stop that. I think there's still more going on. She's still giving me iffy vibes. Fair enough. Then we go back over to Abby's house. Elena approaches Stefan and she says, hey, uh, could you say something, you know, about the fact that I kissed your brother? And he's like, no. <laughs> and he says, you know, I've been thinking about it. I shouldn't have kidnapped you. Uh, the car and the bridge, that was too far. You think? And she's like, no shit. So like, yeah, I told you that last week. She says, thanks for taking a week to come to that conclusion. <laughs> yeah, maybe you should have thought about that before you drove to the bridge. But that's me. And then he says, but, you know, you shouldn't have lied to me today. You can't do things like that while Klaus is still alive. Okay. And it's definitely the same level of betrayal. Yeah. And it's definitely (laughs) comparable how hurt we were by those things. Yeah. And I think you might have even it might have even been worse what you did. I think actually lying is kind of worse because it's like, you know, you knew that that would bug me. And like, I had no idea you were still like so upset about your parents dying on that bridge. Yeah. And like and like I didn't drive you off the bridge. So, like, let's remember that. I feel like I'm being, like, villainized for something I didn't even do. Yeah, for something I just threatened to do. And you actually did something. Yeah, you actually lied to me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, she says, yeah, I know I shouldn't have done that, but I just wanted to give Bonnie a moment with her mother without anything else in the way. And Stefan says, yeah, without me in the way. And she says... Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. You were the one who was in the way. I mean, did you want me to say that? You picked up on the like, context clue. Congratulations. Yeah. And then she says, you know, I didn't plan on kissing him about Damon. And then Stefan says, you're better than him, Elena. You're better than both of us. She's like, yeah, I'm well aware. She says, yeah. Why do you think I'm so embarrassed I kissed him? Yeah. She's like, maybe I am better than both of you. But where are the other eligible bachelors in this town? Who am I supposed to date? Tyler? Yeah. 
Matt? Yeah, she's like, still the best options. Yeah, you guys are definitely the best options I have. Stefan gets in his car and he drives away, leaving Elena with Bonnie's Prius. On the side of the road, Bonnie tells Abby that Elena is on her way to pick Bonnie up and that Jamie is safe. A little bruised, but safe. Uh, He got the bruise again from Elena knocking him out with the gun. Slay. (laughs) But it's still a bruise. Abby asks if the hybrid will come back. Bonnie says, you know, I don't think so. You kept your end of the bargain. Klaus usually keeps his. Which, yeah. Klaus, he sticks to his word in negotiation most of the time. Even if he sticks to his word in a monkey's paw fashion. Yeah. That he's like, oh yeah, Elijah, I'll reunite you with our family. Yeah. He did stick to his word. (laughs) He didn't lie. He just was purposely vague. Yeah. That's kind of a Klaus, uh, a Klaus classic. Bonnie says, you know, you're willing to do all this for Jamie and he's not even your family. And Abby says, okay, well, he is my family. I know that might be hard for you to hear, but he is. That doesn't mean I don't care about you, though. I want to help. And Bonnie says, well, you have no magic and I don't trust you. So either one of those would have been an issue when you have both. So and Abby says, you know, when I put Michael down, my magic didn't leave. It drifted away. The longer I stayed away from you, the weaker I got. Like nature was punishing me for abandoning you. And you didn't pick up on that message that maybe you shouldn't abandon her? And Bonnie's like, so maybe you should have come back? Bonnie's like, and you you chose to keep doing that anyway. Bonnie's like, this really gets worse with every sentence you tell me. She said, you picked the punishment and a different child over me and your mom. Okay. Ouch. (laughs) And then Abby says, you know, maybe you can help me get my magic back. And Bonnie says, well, I thought you didn't want it anymore. And Abby says, yeah, I don't, but I would do it for you. And Bonnie's like, okay. Bonnie's barely comforted by this. Yeah, Bonnie's like, you wouldn't even come to the town I live in. So it's kind of hard to believe that you're going to change your whole life for me. Exactly. So then we go back over to the hospital. Tyler comes to visit Bill Forbes and he says, hey, you're better. And Bill says, yeah, I shouldn't be, but I didn't have any say in it. Yeah, he's so fucking pissed. When they put the vampire blood in him, I was like, oh, he's going to hate that. He's not going to be happy to learn. <laughs> he's like, I would rather be dead, but here I am. Tyler says, hey, I lost control. I didn't mean to hurt you. And Bill says, hey, I knew the risks when I, you know, offered to help you. Yeah, he's like, I wasn't a seller forcing you to turn into a wolf and swinging an axe at you. No. It's not crazy that you came after yeah. me. You reacted pretty fairly. <laughs> yeah. Um, And then he says, well, how do you feel? And Tyler says, I feel, you know, different, a little bit more myself. And Bill says, that is such great news. Okay, so we'll continue tomorrow. Tyler's like, no, I turned. You saw me. I was a wolf today. So we're good. Tyler says, what? I turned. And Bill says, yeah, one time to break the sire bond. Turning needs to be painless and you seem to be quite a long way off. Yeah, he's like, from what I saw today, we are not close. (laughs) And Tyler's so mad. Tyler says, I can't do that again. Tyler, you've literally turned now a total of like three times. Like <laughs> Tyler's so stupid. He really thought he had to do it one time and be cured. Again, Bill said decades. It's like, Tyler, it can't be one time. You hated it the whole time. Bill says, until you're capable of acting on your own free will, I'm not letting you near my daughter. So yeah, he's like, so how bad do you want to date Caroline? He says, well, I just dropped... $45 on that ugly charm bracelet. So I got to get my money. Got to get my return on investment on that. <laughs> so I got to have sex with at least two a time. <laughs> so then we go over to the Gilbert house. Alaric shows Meredith Fell all his weapons. And he says, well, you told me your secret. I'll tell you mine. Now, Alaric, it's one secret. Let's let's keep something locked up. Yeah. But 
He's desperate. He wants a girlfriend so bad. He, he needs a kiss. Yeah. <laughs> and he'll get it. Um, she says, oh, you're a vampire hunter. And he says, I'm semi-retired because as we know, all of his friends are vampires. I wish it was like, no, I'm a woodworker. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's all wood. And Meredith says, oh, you're just trying to get out of taking me to dinner. And he says, no, you know, I just want to be honest. No secrets. And she says, well, I'm not going to agree to that. <laughs> yeah, he's like, because I kept secrets from Jenna and then she died. So, so I'm not super into that. Learned my lesson. <laughs> and she's like, mm, I have a couple secrets still, but you don't seem to be suspicious. So I guess it's not a concern. Alaric said, my ex-wife Isabel kept secrets from me. That didn't end well. I kept secrets from Jenna. That didn't end well. So I'm just going to try to do no secrets in this one. And she's like, mm, I haven't had those lessons taught to me yet, personally. Yeah. And I won't respond. To <laughs> and then she says, OK, so if, if you're so like keen on no secrets, can you tell me how you survived getting hit by a truck? Was it vampire blood? That's the only thing I know about. And she's and he says, no, check out this ring. It protects me from death at the hands of a supernatural being, whatever, whatever. And she says, oh, a vampire hunter who can't k- be killed by vampires. Convenient. And then she tries to take the ring off his hand. And he says, Mm-mm. now, Alara. I know you're doing the no secret thing. My stance with these rings is keep it a secret. Like maybe you have a necklace on, be like, this necklace protects me. And then she takes the necklace off, tries to kill you. Like, okay, psych, hold up the ring. I just think it's something to keep to yourself. Yeah, I just think it's like, again, just say it's a family heirloom. This ring loses all of its power if people know about it because they'll cut your fingers off. Yeah, we all saw that happen to John Gilbert. And it's that thing of the daylight rings, too, keeping that a secret. The second Caroline told her dad how she walked in the sun, he took the ring off. Yeah. It's a ring. That secret you should have kept to yourself, King. But but he wants a kiss. We'll see how this turns out for him. Yeah. So she tries to take the ring off. He doesn't let her. And she says, oh, are you worried I'm a supernatural being? And he says, well, as a matter of fact, yes. He doesn't say that. Yeah, but I, I am, certainly. <laughs> yeah. And he instead is flirting. He says, oh, you know, one can never be too careful. He, he, he. And then they kiss. Good for Rick. He got his kiss. Unfortunately, right at that moment, Elena comes home and she says, oh, you know, the adopted child of your dead ex of your dead girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Who lives here? <laughs> yeah. And Meredith says, OK, well, I should go. And Alaric says, sorry to Elena. He feels very uncomfortable about this. Yeah, And Elena says, oh, it's OK. And he says, no. I really am sorry. Like, this is bad. This isn't my house. It's Jenna's house. This is really creepy. He's like, it's her family's house and I'm kissing someone else. Not not a cute move. And Elena says, hey, when you slept on that couch, it became your place too. We needed you and you stayed. So thank you. I know it's hard for all of us, but Jenna's gone. You're allowed to move on. Very mature response by Miss Elena. Yeah, she's like, it's fine. Like, you got to find yourself a girlfriend too. Like, my boyfriend's still alive and I'm cheating on him so exactly so then we go over to the salvatore house stefan comes home to see damon already in the living room and stefan says oh you're alive so i'm guessing that means klaus couldn't get his coffins and damon says well don't be so happy i only got one out in time but it was the locked one and stefan said good choice and damon says btw if you're banking on bonnie's mom we're probably screwed uh she doesn't have any powers and stefan says well i'm not surprised it has been that kind of night yeah he's like something else it never ends with me i kind of thought he'd walk in this house like puffy faced af like he had been crying the whole car ride <laughs> he's like, he's like <laughs> hey damon i'm just gonna go to my room and uh and it's been that kind of night <laughs> he comes home with like just a pint of ice cream and he's like i'm just gonna um go to the gym and punch the punching bag 
nothing's wrong with me i i was just hungry for this specifically and he goes into the gym and he eats his ice cream and you can just hear really loudly the song everybody hurts playing and then damon's like okay <laughs> i think i know what happened instead damon says btw is elena okay and Stefan says wouldn't you like to know <laughs> Stefan says oh you know all about how elena is and then Stefan punches damon and damon pretty quickly realizes he's like okay so you guys had a heart to heart i'm guessing yeah damon's like okay that that's a fair reaction i'll give you that and damon says i guess you uh don't really want to talk about it noted and then he says instead let's change the subject let's talk about this and he holds up a dagger and stefan says what did you do <laughs> and i saw the dagger i was like i it's gotta be elijah i mean who we wouldn't wake up someone we don't know yeah because you don't know what their relationship to klaus is or anything and no point in waking up rebecca I mean, well, you can't even. She's already, she's over in Klaus's house. So I think it makes sense that they took one coffin out and Damon said, okay, let me empty this other coffin. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Real quick. He can have the coffin. (laughs) Hopefully he won't look inside. Exactly. Uh, So we go over to Klaus's house where the coffins are being loaded in after having been dusted off. Daniel says, ah, you got your family back finally. You going to open them? And Klaus says, ah, you know, not quite yet. I have some unfinished business. And Daniel's like, oh, what business? But he never gets to find out. Because his heart gets pulled out. He collapses. And behind him is Elijah. Hurt eyes. Hurt eye emoji. Elijah's back. I'm not giving hurt eye emoji. I'm giving mild smile emoji. Yeah. Closed mouth <laughs> smile emoji. Yeah. The, um, <laughs> like the one that looks closest to colon parenthesis. Yeah, it's like, like okay. oh. It's like, oh, uh, no, I'm giving it. It's the wave emoji. Like, hi, I'm, I'm literally giving XD. I'm giving the thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> and Elijah says, so Nick Klaus, what did I miss? And that's where we end the episode. So do you think Klaus is going to be able to talk Elijah into aligning with him against the Salvators? Or do you think Elijah is pretty quickly going to team up with the Salvators? I don't think he's going to be necessarily on either team because Elijah did want his family back and now he has he knows where two coffins are and it's only a matter of time until he finds Rebecca. Mm-hmm. So I think he's like not going to be against Klaus, but he's definitely not like with Klaus either. I mean, he can't kill him. Yeah. So that doesn't really matter. So he's going to work with Klaus, but he's going to be like, no, we're getting our family back though. I need to know what you're dealing with because I do think he's going to be happy that Michael's dead as well. Mm-hmm. We have to assume that's good news all around for these guys. Yeah. But I do think he's going to, he's, a little bit more in a middle spot, you know, than anyone else. Sure. How long do you think we get this coffin open? Do you think we're going to get this coffin open, this final coffin? I mean, we're going to get it open, but I think it's going to take a little bit more work than right away. But we have to guess that Elijah at least has an idea of what's in it or knows why it's important. That's true. And it's not like, you know, Elijah doesn't particularly love being daggered, I can assume. That's a guess, but I don't think I'm reaching that far. Yeah. So you can't, like, if it's a weapon to kill all the originals, like, have to imagine Elijah doesn't super want it open either. He doesn't want to die. And he may still want to kill Klaus, but I think he mostly wanted to kill Klaus for taking his family, dropping them in the ocean, which, as we know, Klaus didn't do. Mm -hmm. So I think he doesn't have to kill Klaus. So why put more of those weapons that could kill them out into the world if that's what is indeed in there? Do you think Klaus is going to try to re-dagger Elijah? I think he would, but he doesn't have a dagger right now that we know of. So he would have to pull one out of another person. I think the only time 
to redagger him is like literally right at this moment. And if he can't do it right now, it's kind of like, why bother? Yeah. Like he's up. He's here. He killed a hybrid. Like we might as well talk now. Yeah. I don't have a dagger on hand. And, you know, Damon has the dagger that was in him. So unless Klaus is an extra dagger, it's kind of like, well, you're already up. So why bother? Like, and, you know, you don't know that I killed mom yet. So if I'm picking you over Becca, you're probably a safer choice. Yeah. And the other two, who knows anything about them? How do you think Elijah is going to react to the fact that Klaus killed their mom? Do you think he's going to learn that? I think he's probably going to learn that because if he's coming out even remotely on Klaus's side, that's something if I'm Elena, I'm I'm, I'm snitching those beans. But I do think it's this thing of like, yeah, it's sad that he killed their mom, but it was a thousand years ago. Move on. And she was mortal. And it's really exciting that their dad's dead. So it's kind of like net positive, mm-hmm. I would feel. Given what we've learned about Meredith in this episode, any new theories about Meredith? Any new theories about who the murderer of Ryan Walters is? So I think this episode is meant to like, make us trust Meredith and doubt that she killed him because she's obviously the first place your mind is meant to go. Yeah. I still don't trust her. I know it's my bias of knowing her as Melissa Hastings that is driving a lot of that, but also like a lurks picker. Hasn't been good in the past. We can't assume it just got good. Yeah. So this vampire blood revelation does not clear her of this murder in my mind. That's not to say she definitely did it, but I think she knows more than what she's told the lurk. Interesting. Because she knows vampires are around. She knows what vampire blood does. I do believe she knew much more about Damon before she met him. Mm-hmm. Like, she's like, oh, you're a lurk's friend, Damon Salvatore. No, she knew who Damon was and she knew he was a vampire. No relation to a lurk, like, needed for that. Sure. So she knows more than she's saying. And do you think she's supernatural or do you think she's a human who just happens to know stuff? I'm leaning human who happens to know stuff. Gotcha. Even though her little like, oh, do you think I'm supernatural with the ring? But I think she's still like, I think it's more that like she probably would like that ring for herself more than to kill a lurk. Sure. That's the end of this week's episode. As always, if you're enjoying The Vampire Diaries or Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and give us ratings and reviews on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. We'll see you guys next week. For now, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. (laughs) 